Welcome to this podcast from St. Michael and All Angels Episcopal Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. We hope you consider hitting like or subscribe. We hope you will share this audio with your friends and neighbors, help others know about our inclusive, theologically progressive community of faith. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can make a gift at stmichaelsabq.org. In the name of the one who is, who was, and who is to come. Amen. This morning, I am preoccupied with one question. How do you know what time it is? On the surface, it seems like a silly question. How do I know what time it is? My watch tells me, or I look at the clock, maybe even the sun. Those of you who have spent any time with me know that my tummy is really good at telling time, just like babies and dogs don't care when the time changes. They know what time it really is. But I'm curious about a different kind of time and a different kind of knowing. How do you know when it's time to leave? How do you know when it's time to step into something new? How do you know when it's time to be quiet or when it's time to speak out? How do we know what time it is? The Greeks distinguished between two kinds of time, chronos time and kairos time. I've heard these explained in a variety of ways as quantitative time versus qualitative time. Time as measure, the quantity of duration, versus time as a season or an opportunity. In that sense, we might think in terms of a chronos question being, what time is it? Well, the kairos question would be more like, what is it time for? But my favorite shorthand way to distinguish between the two is to think of chronos time as human time, at least the human understanding of time, while kairos time is God's time. I've been wondering about and playing with this question of how we tell time or how we know what time it is, because first, time is an important theme across our readings today. Paul tells the believers in Corinth that the appointed time has grown short. The present world is passing away. Jonah goes to a city whose size is measured by the time it takes to walk across to tell the inhabitants that they have a very particular, very finite amount of time to get their act together. Jesus tells the people of Galilee, the time is fulfilled. 
And of course, because we're in the Gospel of Mark, we can't go more than a couple of verses without the evangelist expressing the urgent, relentless pace of the good news. Immediately they left their nets. Immediately he called them. Immediately, immediately, immediately. But I have also been wondering about and playing with the question of how we tell time or how we know what time it is. Because I have spent the last two days hanging out with folks from music that makes community. If you're not aware, St. Michael's hosted a two-day workshop with the music that makes community folks called Embody Lent. And um, this is an organization, if you are not familiar with MMC, our sequence hymn happened to be a music that makes community song. But Music That Makes Community is an organization that practices and teaches paperless singing. We learn and share songs through oral transmission and shared leadership. There isn't a director, there aren't assigned parts. And we are held together by core values of curiosity, playfulness, experimentation, flexibility, and adaptability. And because one of our mottos is more singing, less talking, any oral instructions are kept to a minimum or abandoned altogether. And those of you, and there are many of you here who have been to one of our events, you know that there are few of the kinds of signposts we're used to relying on in other contexts. So I've been reflecting on how we know what time it is at music that makes community. How do we know when to come in? How do we know when it's time to shift the melody or the rhythm and how do we know when the song is over? <laughs> so certainly we rely on facial expression, raised eyebrows, a smile. We rely on gesture, a nod, hands reaching out. But what is so interesting to me, I can't put words to, we feel it in our body. We just know. And that's particularly true in terms of how the song comes to an end. Now sometimes the person who has taught the song will be very clear, or more gently, right? But most often the end comes it bubbles up in the circle, it comes naturally, it comes organically. Jonah needed something really over-the-top dramatic to know what time it was. The portion of the story we have today, where he obediently goes to Nineveh, 
comes after he said no the first time. It comes after he ran away. It comes after he got caught in a storm on the sea, after he was thrown overboard, and after he spent three days inside the belly of a fish before being spit out again on dry land. It was then and only then that Jonah was ready to heed God's call when the word of the Lord came to him a second time. Some of us know what this is like. (laughs) Some of us have perhaps had our own experiences of running from God's call, our own encounters with stormy seas and big smelly fish that make us more willing to hear what God has to say, that finally open our eyes in a way that allows us to see what time it is, to know what time it is. Jonah's story is a Kairos story. The eminent theologian Kelly Brown Douglas describes Kairos time not simply as the right time or opportune time, but as a decisive moment in history that potentially has far-reaching impact. And I admire her work so much that I'm going to share a fair amount of what Douglas has to say about Kairos time. First, she says, it might best be understood as a time of crisis, but... She reminds us, it is through chaos and crisis that God is fully present, disrupting things as they are and providing an opening to a new future, to God's future. Therefore, Douglas reasons, Kairos time is a time pregnant with infinite possibilities for new life. It's a time bursting forth with God's call to a new way of living in the world. It's God calling us to a new relationship with our very history, with our sense of self, and thus, Douglas argues, to a new relationship with one another and even with God. The calling of Simon and Andrew, James and John is a Kairos story. Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, is trying to help them understand that they are living in Kairos time. The church in Corinth, though, like us, seems to struggle with telling time. How do we know what time it is? That's an essential discernment question. And I think we can grow in our capacity for good discernment We can improve our ability to tell time 
by embracing some of the postures and practices of music that makes community. We show up. We're curious, open, maybe even playful. We pay attention. We lean into trust, trusting each other, trusting ourselves. We listen, and we are willing to take risks. These essential ways of being, I believe, can help us notice, help us enter into Kairos time. And here's the comfort, the good news I take from today's gospel passage. We don't do it alone. Did you notice that none of the four disciples today were called alone, individually? Did you notice that Jesus saw Simon and Andrew, who were already in relationship, and called them together? Did you notice that Jesus then saw James and John, who were already in relationship, and called them together into greater community? How do we know what time it is? We know together. We know in community. Thanks be to God. Amen.